three, two, one. Let's whoa. 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 Welcome to Inside the Mind of a Child Genius. In this podcast, we read and analyze stories we wrote as children, delving into the inner workings of a child genius's mind. I'm Joseph. I'm Theo. And what are we reading today, Joseph? Your story about dinosaurs. Okay. The you know island. the title by now, don't you? <laughs> the Island of the Dinosaurs? Yeah, I'll have you know in the in the last episode, you also said the title like it was a question. So I'm getting there. <laughs> by the end of it, I'll have the name. Um, and this is episode 28. So you know what that means. Ooh, it's a beef episode. We are We're uh, beefing. We're beefing. <laughs> okay, yeah. were you trying to, you were trying to do that at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, that would have been right. good. That would have been a great effect. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and we have done it every other time. So <laughs> <laughs> I've just forgotten this podcast existed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I figure, you know, I don't want to beef with you, Joe. I feel like you're a pretty good guy. Oh, and thanks. yeah, basically, I think it's just better when we get along. So I want to direct <laughs> my beef elsewhere. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you know a good place? I, you know, I was thinking about it the other day, and I think uh, season one uh. was needs some pointers. Like, we need to think about it and, and I don't know, criticize it. <laughs> and ourselves think about and criticize because i mean like let's be honest this is season two we're yeah. we're mature now we're not idiot babies anymore we were so yeah i basically uh i guess we're, we're just gonna lob some insults at season one i i don't know i've got a couple things to say about season one us is this a roast yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're roasting season one. Uh, well, mine's not. Uh, I didn't think about it so much in a roast format, but I oh. did want to say that I said zeitgeist way too much in season one. <laughs> so that is my season two goal. Less use of that word. <laughs> I think you have said it, though, already in season two. I'm not perfect. Ah. We're all improving. But season three. Oh, my gosh. Season three is going to be zeitgeist season. <laughs> Oh, it's coming back hard in season three. People just tune out. (laughs) I'm just going to say, no thanks. Yeah, so season one sucked. I don't know. Yeah, so also season one was kind of horrifyingly kinky. Oh, yeah. I liked that about season one. but Yeah, Yeah. I kind of miss season one. (laughs) What are we doing? I have another thing. I thought that the stories we read in season one were pretty bad. Like, they seemed like they were written by kids, <laughs> and that was pretty annoying. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, those were so horrible. Like, can we read some real authors in season two? Yeah. In season three, we could read Jurassic Park, which is <laughs> the adult <laughs> version of Island of the Dinosaurs. From now on, let's just read good books. Let's just make this an audiobook <laughs> distributor instead of a podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. So we're not even going to summarize. We're just going to straight up read them. We don't have to summarize, but we can give commentary. Like, maybe every few paragraphs we can say, that was good. Instead of us saying, oh, that was bad, like we say now. Oh, that was bad. <laughs> yeah, that pretty much sums up this podcast. Yeah, so season one sucked. My my other issue was that we did not bring up Homestar Runner enough in season one. <laughs> it was sadly underrepresented. All right, well, we'll make sure to bring up Homestar Runner. <laughs> if you want to hear more Homestar Runner references, make sure you send us in. Email. <laughs> oh, good reference. Did that sound like Homestar? Uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> well, if it didn't, the problem is if it didn't sound like a Homestar Runner when I said email, I'm just referencing email, the right. electronic mail platform. Yeah. I need to make sure it sounds like Homestar. Should I try it again? Sure, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I gotta I gotta get into it. I gotta I gotta do the whole menu. Sure. Toots, games, characters, 
Email wow. store download. This is wild. I have no idea why you remember this. This is incredible to me. You don't remember the main menu of Homestar? No, I, I don't remember the main menu of the of the website. Also, I don't remember the exact inflections he used on each menu item. Downloads. <laughs> well, email was always very memorable because it had some weird skip in it in the audio. <laughs> email. I'll take your word for it. Oh, gosh, I'm starting to worry that season two might not be better than season one. No, no. It's, it's way better. Yeah, so season one sucked. I don't know. Gosh, I, <laughs> like, well, I will say that, okay, here is a real problem with season one. What's that? Probably actually too much Three Cowboys. Oh, okay. I, you know, <laughs> if anything, too much Quest of the Dragon. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so now we're beefing with each other. Too many dragons in Quest of the Dragon. <laughs> That's my biggest complaint about season one. Yeah, so season one sucked. Well, good thing we're in season two now where everything's better and it's infinitely higher quality. Yeah, maybe we'll sprinkle in more season one criticism as it comes up. There we go. If I think of something, we'll roast us. Okay, so should we just jump into the story now? Yeah, let's talk about where we are because I'm not going to lie, I've forgotten. Okay, so in this story called Island of the Dinosaurs, which on the large scale, it's about some people who get in a plane crash and land on an island just basically filled with dinosaurs like it seems like there's a dinosaur like every five feet yeah the main character is reginald he is a boy probably in fourth grade i'm guessing because he seems to be modeled after me and then he has a mother named (laughs) he has a mullet (laughs) his name is theo wait no his name is reginald (laughs) um yeah and so reginald knows everything about dinosaurs he's a genius he leads his group uh and then his mom sheila is his mom She's a bit naive about dinosaurs, or at least yeah, pretends yeah. to be to be funny. I'm not really sure what her stick is. Yeah, that's not very clear. There's a guy <laughs> named Daryl who is a retired airplane pilot. And those are the three main characters. You're going to get introduced to lots of other characters. So it's separated into days. We've been through day one. Now we're starting up on day two. Oh, this is important to remember, is that on Sheila's side of the plane... Because their plane broke in half. On Sheila's side of the plane, there were 20 people, but 10 of them ran away. We're going to find out what happened to those 10 people on this episode. Oh, yeah. And fun. then on Reginald's half of the plane, we there was this whole episode where they were trapped in the bathroom and the velociraptors were trying to get in. There was a trap. Three people ran out the window of the airplane <laughs> bathroom. Right. And then Reginald and all those people climbed to the top of the tree. And previously, we had thought that those three people were certainly goners. But we're going to find out also in this episode that those three people who ran away and fell for the trap are not necessarily goners also. So honestly, I have to say I'm impressed that young Theo didn't just give up on them because I was really thinking (laughs) that that was just purely a plot device to get rid of some numbers so that you have less to write about the other characters dying. So yeah, I mean, it's funny, but if that really was my device, why didn't I just scroll up a little bit, change the number 20 to the number 10 so you wouldn't have to worry about having (laughs) half the people run away? (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, I mean, like, why did you do a lot of things why did you write a story that's basically jurassic park (laughs) that's true that's true Uh, but we should keep in mind our death counts so far someone slowly fell and died presumably because a raptor claw stuck them in the head through a ceiling and then the pilot of the plane got stuck in glue and copies got him those are the only two people who have died so far right I think so, yeah. Okay, so should we start up on day two? Let's do it. Keep in mind, Reginald and his group, they're still up in this tree where they found the skeleton with no head. But that's not relevant. <laughs> it doesn't ever come back. Scariest um, possible thing. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God, no. Yeah, that skeleton with no head, that can be the third person. So that's a three. Now we have three in the death count. Okay? Okay. Okay. So Reginald and his group are up in the tree. Reginald woke up. 
there was a bright morning daylight shining in his face. He woke everyone up. Let's climb down the tree and see if any of the ones that fell for the trap survived. That, that's a that's a trap for dinosaurs, right? I forgot. It, I forgot. Was there a trap? No, the Velociraptors set a trap for them. Remember, there was the bathroom scene where there were Velociraptors outside the door of the bathroom, but then the people ran out the window because they were scared. And Reginald was like, "No, it's a trap." Yeah. So let, yeah, he said, "Let's go check on those people." And then the next sentence is, "They went over and looked to survive with arm injuries." <laughs> It's so anticlimactic. <laughs> yeah, no punctuation or anything. Just got to get through this as quick as possible. We got to move on. It's also like kind of downplaying the fact that one of them died. Like, two survived with arm injuries. <laughs> one of them was just a skeleton with no head now. Whatever. I mean, also, I was just thinking, what is this trap that the Velociraptors set where two people end up just getting arm injuries? Yeah. The Velociraptors just wanted to break some people's arms. I, I feel like they would have eaten everyone, right? Well, maybe the two people who survived uh, escaped the trap, but just with mild arm injuries. Oh, I don't know. When I think about making a trap, I'm thinking about literally like digging a hole and like a pitfall type of trap. That's what it sort of sounds like here. But to me, the trap was just there are velociraptors outside the window and they trick people into running out of the window. Right. Wasn't that the trap? Right. Yeah, that that makes sense. I mean, but it, it says they went over and looked to survive with arm injuries. So it's as if the two people with arm injuries were just sitting there, like where they had, <laughs> gone, they had fallen into the trap. Yeah, like your arm is hurt, not your legs. When is Reginald going to come back? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, well, I I can see maybe like all the Velociraptors ganged up on one person because that person was the easiest target or something. Okay, and then the other two just sat there, sat there, sort of rubbing their arms, got their arms yeah. injured. <laughs> yeah. It was unrelated to the trap. They got unrelated arm injuries. Yeah, right. They started like playing football with each other. Yeah, or like arm wrestling. <laughs> hey, that's a great that's a great uh, way to end up with two people getting arm injuries. Is, is arm wrestling? Yeah, maybe it's like they arm wrestled to see who would get eaten by the Velociraptors, and the trick was <laughs> whoever won the arm wrestling was the one who was going to get eaten. So oh. the person injured two people's arms and then got eaten. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I thought you meant like the trick was two people said, hey, let's arm wrestle to see who gets eaten by the Velociraptors. And the third person who's just watching them gets eaten while the other two are like, point, they're like talking to the Velociraptors like, guys, wait, we have to figure out who wins this arm wrestling. The Velociraptors are just like, whoa, 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 they seem busy. <laughs> this yeah. guy's not doing anything. Like, well, that seems fair. Let's just eat this other guy while we wait. Yeah, so, I don't know. Should I move on? I think we figured it out. Yeah, we should probably move on. I don't know if we figured it out. We threw out a lot of suggestions (laughs) for what it could be. One died. Unimportant, apparently. (laughs) Okay, so they went over, looked, two survived with arm injuries, and then he helped them up, gave them a few confident words, and started off to the forest. What a leader. What do you think confident words means? I was (laughs) was just about to ask you the same thing. (laughs) I could understand comforting (laughs) words, but... I don't know. The first thing I thought of was like, you know, buck up or something, but that just sounds (laughs) comforting almost in a way. Like confident would be like... uh, Confident would be like, look guys, you and me, we're badasses. (laughs) Like we got this. I mean, hey, we're like fly as fuck, right? So... That sounds, yeah, let's go with that. That's what he said. These dinosaurs are just bringing weak shit, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Confident with an A. Yeah, I know. I know. Gosh. I'm beginning to think I'm beefing with you. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. So they all started off into the forest and then, oh no, no, only Reginald starts off into the forest because then it says, where are you going? 
the kid that threw up on the raptor asked. <laughs> I do remember he was in the tree and he threw up on yeah. a raptor, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Okay. It's so funny that that's what he's known as, the kid that threw up on the raptor. <laughs> hey, at least he's not Ray with no job. <laughs> <laughs> it gets worse, though. Okay, and then, yeah, so where are you going, the, the kid asked, and then Reginald responds, I'm going to the seashore. Only the flying dinosaurs can find me. And let me know how it goes. What? Reginald said. <laughs> Only the flying dinosaurs can find me. Is he saying that the dinosaurs are going to let him know how it goes? I mean, it's, I think it's just so funny how often I mess up the dialogue. Like, because <laughs> I, I do okay usually when it's just the narrator talking, but when it's one of the characters talking and I'm trying to make this sort of like snappy cinematic dialogue, I mess it up like every time. Oh, so you think that the let me know how it goes was the kid that threw up on the raptor saying that no no i think what i was trying to say is okay so it's i'm going to the seashore only the flying dinosaurs can find me and let me know how it goes i think what he's trying to say is you guys let me know how it goes for you staying here i'm going to the seashore (laughs) yeah while you guys are getting your heads bit off here i'm leaving to go to the seashore where only the flying dinosaurs can find me yeah where all the skeletons have heads also wouldn't that be just as scary to be like oh i'm out in the open and only flying dinosaurs can can get me you know the ones that have wings yeah and also what sort of logic is that if you if you're just on the beach what's to stop a dinosaur from walking out of the forest onto the beach and finding you you know yeah that's that's a fair point i mean but the way it's written it's not even like it doesn't even necessarily seem like any of those those three ideas are connected it just says i'm going to the seashore then he brags only the flying dinosaurs can find me and then it says and let me know how it goes for you guys yeah that seemed kind of out of character (laughs) he went from just helping up two people who had injured arms and giving them a few confident words to say all right i'm leaving bye let me know how it goes I just think it's so funny, like how often I mess up the dialogue in this story when people just say things that don't make any sense. Like, I feel like every character must be so embarrassed every time they say something. Just like, oh God, that didn't come out right. That's not what I meant. If this were a movie, the actors would be looking at the, we'd we'd get like A-list celebrity actors and they'd just look at the script and be like, I I really have to say this? What is this? (laughs) Or it would have been one of the times when they have to say cut and redo the scene because they messed up. (laughs) okay so reginald says that inscrutable sentence and then yes so reginald is going to the seashore the next sentence is okay i'm coming with you puker said oh no everyone followed (laughs) (laughs) you're right it did get worse (laughs) poor puker yeah and then the next sentence this is reginald talking again it says hey you know what we need to know each other's names so if we split up we won't be calling out so-and-so, come here, so-and-so, Reginald decided. (laughs) So he's saying this right after the narrator refers to the kid that puked on the raptor as puker. So is he just like calling out the narrator? Is is this like breaking the 10th wall or whatever? whatever? I don't know how many walls Reginald just broke. Yeah, it's like he heard the narrator, but doesn't specifically want to address the narrator. Yeah, it's kind of like when somebody does something bad in class and, and, you know, somebody else is your, your teacher's like well if you're not good at singing maybe you should be more quiet <laughs> are you gonna bring that up again <laughs> instead of saying we need to know each other's names so we won't be calling out puker or arm injury guy he says so and so ray with no job <laughs> 
But yeah, I mean, the other funny thing is that's the end of the paragraph. So last time I listed off everyone that we were supposed to meet. This time you just never find out what everyone's names are. <laughs> but he does say that we should get to know their names. <laughs> and then you just immediately cut away from that. <laughs> I like the idea of it being like, you know how episodes on TV and stuff will end with a cliffhanger. It just kind of fades to black of them doing something so that you could assume they're doing that thing for a while. Right. This is their thing that until we meet them again, they have they're they've been like doing icebreakers and learning each other's names. <laughs> yeah, what's your name and what's one fun fact about you? It starts with the same letter as your name. I'm Puker and I puke. <laughs> yeah. I'm no head and I, I don't have a head. Uh the skeleton probably doesn't talk. But um yeah, you fade to black, but then the audience doesn't get the important information of the people's names. Like like it seems like it should be for the audience's benefit. Yeah, we can only assume at this point that since the only person who called him puker was the narrator that that is actually his name <laughs> and it was just convenient that he happened to puke on a raptor <laughs> yeah the narrator seems kind of like a bully honestly yeah cancel this narrator i also think it's so funny that reginald says i'm going to the seashore and then puker says okay i'm gonna follow you and then everyone else follows them like there are two children one of whom just displayed that he has an overly sensitive gag reflex and everyone's like these are our leaders let's follow them <laughs> i mean reginald's proven himself i think at this point but yeah puker is definitely the uh sidekick and yeah. he didn't really earn <laughs> right. it <laughs> He did, t- he did take out a raptor, potentially, with his puke, so... Yeah, they are an effective team. True. Yeah, Resmo is kind of the brains. Puker is kind of the right. stomach bile or whatever. <laughs> right, the stomach bile. The classic uh, superhero psychic duo. <laughs> you got the, the brains, the good looks, yeah. the muscle, and the puker. The classic duo of the one who pukes and the one who tells the other one to puke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's always a good combo. You can't just puke on your own command. Someone else has to <laughs> trigger you to do it (laughs) do you ever feel like you've been known as the kid who blank like puker is known he's the one who threw up on the rafter everybody knows him as that kid do you think you were ever known for something um that's a good question i was kind of known in my scout troop as being the kid who sleep talks (laughs) (laughs) uh because i did that very loudly on camping trips a, a few times but i mean it wasn't like i was known as that they still called me Joseph, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> not sleep talk. I feel like to be known as that, they yeah, they'd have to be calling you puker or something like that. Yeah, I'll say he only puked one time. Yeah. <laughs> what the heck? But then again, this is what the narrator called him. So it could be his he may have earned this in previous exploits. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. We'll have to check out the prequel. Yeah. <laughs> season three. Yeah. I think there is one time when I was twenty-four years old, when I was probably known for something but it involves me having skin cancer do you think that's too dark to tell on the podcast oh, let's hear <laughs> it <pretty> funny. <laughs> we can cut it out later <laughs> yeah so when i was 24 i had like a little dollop of skin cancer on my forehead a dollop. yeah like sort of like right on the like the right temple okay yeah it was while i was at school at juilliard and i went to student health and they told me it was dermatitis and i shouldn't worry about it and so i like, didn't go to a dermatologist for like six months after that oh jeez. <laughs> tuition money well spent <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I, I had like, I went home for the summer and I was like, okay, I need to schedule to get this removed. They're just going to like cut this off of my head. That's how you fix skin cancer. Oh, and let me just say it. Don't worry about me. It's the best cancer you can get. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, but, <laughs> um, basically, 
so I was going to this summer music program where I was going to be around like a thousand new people who I had never met. And I very foolishly decided, you know what, I want to make the most of my time at home before I go to that summer music program. So I'm going to get this cut off the day that I go there or the day before that I go there. Oh, bold move. (laughs) But not realizing that, you know what that means is I'm going to have a huge bandage on my head for a week when I first go there. And yeah, it was a pretty massive bandage that looked like it was like on the brain part of my skull. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, and uh, this is the joke that I that I said. Tell me if you think this is a funny joke. When people <laughs> ask me what happened, I said, I was having evil thoughts, so the doctors went in my brain and took the bad parts out, and now I'm a good boy. <laughs> Do you think that's a funny joke to me? I think it would be funny if uh, they knew you better, but if you're just introducing <laughs> yourself to people like that, that could be... That could be rough. Okay, well, it was rough. <laughs> Is that really how you just introduced yourself to people with no no other? <laughs> I tried it twice and it didn't work. So I was like, okay, people don't think that's funny. <laughs> I feel like if someone said that to me, I would be like, we're going to be friends. I know it. At first thing, I would think that yeah. they were mentally uh, unstable. Okay, well, uh, perspectives are different, I guess. But um, <laughs> yeah, but it was so it was so awkward. Like, because everyone was like, oh, what happened to you? One guy asked me, Oh, rough flight in. Oh <laughs> Every time I'd be like, no. Yeah, that's can't. a that's <laughs> honestly that's also a bold move of approaching anyone with a clear injury and making a joke about that injury. It's 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 yeah. not going to pay off for you every time. Yeah, right. So yeah, I'm sure everyone who saw me knew me as the kid with the huge bandage on his head. Oh, but they didn't, they, they still called you Theo, right? I, I thought you were going to say after that this they, whole... After they met me. <laughs> okay. I bet if anyone had to describe me to someone later, they probably said, you know, the guy with the bandage on his head? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I know that people describe me as that short guy <laughs> because I'm uh, short. And that's just something that I will always live with. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't put that in the episode, but I'm just trying to get real. It's a podcast. I'm trying to be real with everyone. Yeah, this is season two where we get real. We were so fake in season one. Oh my <laughs> it's gosh. True. God. I have beef with season Tell one. Tell me about it. Joseph. Um, yeah. I was going to say, what, what was your go-to whenever you did icebreakers? Like whenever you did have to give a, a fact about yourself? Did you have a go-to for that? Oh, gosh. I have a bandage on my head. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone's like, yeah, we know. (laughs) My name's Theo. Um, I have a bandage on my head. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I would change it every time. And I never had much luck with icebreakers, honestly. You'd probably say like terrific Theo, right? Because you got to sometimes you got to do the alliteration. Yeah, well, I was trying to find a TH. It's so hard to find a TH. I would always go with thankful Theo. Oh, yeah, because I guess TH is like the first sound. You couldn't do terrific. I think we've talked about this before. Have we? Because I think I remember looking up looking up other TH adjectives and it was like thermodynamic. Now that you mention it, I think we did talk about this because I remember looking up some J words too. Because I always had trouble with Joseph. I never knew... You know, you don't want to say like joyful. It sounds lame when you're just introducing yourself to new people. Right. You want to sound like cool. Right. I don't know. I probably ended up saying joyful. <laughs> I'm imagining a close up on your face and you say jousting, Joseph. And then oh. the camera pulls out and it's, you're on a horse and you just like plow through everybody. Yeah, then they'll love me. I've just killed <laughs> yeah. a few of them and <laughs> seriously injured most of them. Well, you know, it's an icebreaker. It gives them everybody something to talk about, you know. My, fa- my favorite answer to that <laughs> icebreaker question was one time... Somebody said, hi, my name is their name and my, and I'm like, 
six foot 11 or something like that. And they clearly weren't, uh, they were just like an average height, but they were just pretended like they were nearly seven feet tall. Nice. I thought that was a nice icebreaker because you know, it's, it's a good, like let people know you're hilarious. Yeah. 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 yeah kind of like yours. Like I have yours. evil thoughts and <laughs> cut out a piece of my brain. My delivery probably is not, a, not as good. Yeah, that's right. The, the icebreaker game was say your name and then say an adjective that describes you with the, the start to the same first letter and I say I had evil thoughts and the doctors took out part of my brain and now I'm a good boy and she's like whoa Seems maybe like that's out more than just that part of your brain maybe that's why you didn't get the response that you expected from introducing yourself like that yeah I guess from now on it would be a good icebreaker anytime someone asks you a question you can just loudly say part of my brain was removed <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, okay. Should we keep moving on? Yes. So that's all you hear from Reginald for this episode. All right. Just to summarize, <laughs> just to summarize what happened, they went to see they went to see the people who fell for the trap. Two of them had arm injuries. Well, that doesn't even matter because those people don't get mentioned again. Um, and one died. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. The only important thing is that Reginald is taking everyone to the seashore. Gotcha. So and they're going to learn each other's names. Okay. So next paragraph. Samantha looked around herself. All right, I'm going to stop right there. Joseph, do you know who Samantha no is? No idea who Samantha <laughs> yeah. is. I'm assuming she was one of the people introduced uh, by her job. Do, do a quick control F for Samantha. Oh my God, one of one results. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. <laughs> yep, so we're just supposed to take it for granted that there's a character named Samantha <laughs> who's in this paragraph. So I think this paragraph fills us in on what happened to the 10 people who ran off of being scared. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this. So it says, Samantha looked around herself. Nine others were standing around her. She had slept in the house. Compies were everywhere. She got up and turned around. <laughs> this next sentence is insane. So um, keep in mind, every one of those sentences before it was short, you know, is all separated by a period. And then this next one is long. I'm just going to read it again, say where the periods are. Samantha looked around herself, period. Nine others were standing there, period. She had slept in the house, period. Compies were everywhere, period. She got up and turned around, period. And then... There was a phone nearby. She grabbed it and called the police, told them about the dinosaur. She hung up and turned around. There was about 15 compies, period. <laughs> and then the last sentence of the paragraph, of course, that's the last time I can tell about her. <laughs> so this narrator has a pretty morbid sense of humor, don't you think? The, yeah, this just, this just feeds into the narrator being kind of a bully, calling the guy who puked puker. And then Reginald's like, hey, maybe we shouldn't do that. <laughs> I was like, maybe we shouldn't do that. And then the narrator's like, fine, I'll go narrate something else then. Let's talk about Samantha. I won't make up a nickname for Samantha. I'll just call her boring old Samantha. And oh, by the way, she's going to die. It's the last time I can tell about her. So wait, I, I like how this sentence says, Samantha looked around herself. Nine others were standing around her. Blah, blah, blah. She got up and turned around. So she was sitting and everybody else was just, st nine people were up standing up around her and then she got up and turned around. <laughs> yeah, my impression, because it says she had slept in the house. 
I thought she had just woken up <laughs> and then she looks around. And nine herself. people are just standing, yeah, staring down at her. At her. Yeah. <laughs> like, is Samantha going to do anything? <laughs> and it does seem like it's kind of up to her because it, she turns around and there's a phone nearby. No one else thought to grab the phone, <laughs> do anything with the phone. I think, I think she's just the only one who feels comfortable using a phone. Everybody else gets a little like anxious when they use the phone. They don't like to make calls. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. So they're all just staring at Samantha, waiting for her to do it. <laughs> right. It's just like, you know how when you have that one person in your group who who will make the call, and yeah. I'll make the call if I have to, but it's like that one person, you know if you ask them to do it, they'll be like, yeah, sure, I'll make, I'll, I'll call. Like if you want to order a pizza or something. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> Samantha's the one who's always called for help before. Let's just let her do it. Yeah, Samantha ordered the pizza last night. I think she can call the police too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and that's what's so funny. It says, there was a phone nearby. She grabbed it and called the police, told them about the dinosaurs, and then she hangs up the phone, and then she turns around, and there are 15 compies. They were just waiting on her to, to finish the phone call politely. Like, they're on an island. What police station is she calling? <laughs> How does she call the police? And what is that conversation like? I don't go into any detail about the conversation, but it's like... What do you tell? We crashed onto an impossibly located island west of North Carolina. I'm in the house with tons of compies. There are paint buckets everywhere. I don't, like what, what? She like describes the whole thing, and then the police are like, "Wait, are you talk about the island with the dinosaurs?" She's like, yeah, that one. Sorry, ma'am, that's not our jurisdiction. Sorry, we're afraid of dinosaurs. And what's a compie? We would help, but we're afraid of dinosaurs. Yeah, I'm gonna send my best guys out there, and then they just like hang up. That sounds like the real police. I mean, this was back in what, like. 2000, 2002 or something when I wrote this. These days, do you think you would even bother calling the police? Yeah. If you were on an island of dinosaurs? Exactly. I'd call the dinosaur police. Yeah. I feel like you should call animal control if anything. Yeah, probably. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Animal control. <laughs> like animal control just goes to a forest full of dinosaurs and just starts putting <laughs> them in crates or whatever they do. <laughs> I like how in your version of it, they're really excited by the fact that they're surrounded by dinosaurs. They're like, oh, this is what I live for. I love animal <laughs> control. And there's so many wild animals. Not just like they see an island full of dinosaurs and they're like, nope. <laughs> they just turn around. Well, I mean, I imagine, yeah, that's when they roll their sleeves up and they're like, my dad was an animal control person. My granddad was an animal control person. When you're passionate about controlling animals, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. the more animals, the better. There's one animal I haven't controlled. The compi. <laughs> <laughs> this could be a video game, the animal controller, and you have to like work your way up. Each each level is like a harder animal. You like start with bugs. <laughs> Call animal control if you have a bug in your house. Oh, we have a house centipede in here? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's, I just, I mean, I know you already explained it, but I'm still baffled by Samantha is the only one who will consider grabbing the phone that's nearby and calling 911. <laughs> yeah, also, wasn't there only one house? Like, it says she had slept in the house. Yeah. Like, there's only one house on the island, and nobody saw the phone? Like, nobody... I don't know. It's hard to imagine the phone working. I don't know. It's all hilarious. I feel, it feels like there should be some infrastructure. <laughs> like, the dinosaurs destroyed everything except the telephone lines. They were like, <laughs> these seem important. <laughs> they built the telephone lines first and one house. <laughs> yeah, maybe the phone wasn't connected. And it says she told the police about the dinosaurs. She, like, thought she was just leaving a voicemail or something, but there was just no one on the other line. It's a dinosaur on the other line. 
line. <laughs> yeah, it's a velociraptor <laughs> setting a trap. Okay, yeah, that's that paragraph. Also, spoiler, the police never come to save anyone on the island. Oh, <laughs> and I'm assuming the compies, the 15 compies, take out all 10 people, right? Not just I think Samantha. So. Okay. Which is weird because, as you said before, consignathuses are about the size of a turkey. <laughs> could you imagine 15 turkeys taking down 10 people? I yeah, I feel like 10 people could take 15 turkeys. Maybe those other nine people were just waiting for Samantha to do something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. So the police never come. What are we paying taxes for? Okay, should I move to the next paragraph? Yeah. All right, so this paragraph is about Sheila's side of the plane. So this is Sheila, Daryl, Ray, the rest. And also Joel. He's the character that has something to do in this paragraph. And um, do you remember him? He was a student. Oh, I yes. just keep going back to the sentence that says their jobs. But yeah, Joel was a student. <laughs> okay, Joel was a student. Is there anything else we need to know about them? Uh, do you want me to read all the other jobs? <laughs> no, because none of the other characters get mentioned in this paragraph. Oh, okay. Um, well, okay, here we go. This is day two that they've just woken up in the morning, I think. And so here's here's how their day goes. Sheila heard a noise, like the flapping of wings. She looked outside into a circle of grass. The grass was down and then straight up. <laughs> right. Like grass? <laughs> well, maybe this will clarify. Then it slowly came down and then swoosh, back down. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it was down and it just was down again, down more. <laughs> yeah. I think I must have meant to say back up. <laughs> <laughs> right. I just think it's so funny. The grass was down and then straight up. Like you can't describe anything that way. <laughs> I think I put it together, though. There's there's something flying above the grass, right? Wait, you figured that out? Yeah, there's like wind. The The grass is getting blown up and down, right? I can give you some insight into this. Well, I'll, I'll read a few more sentences. She woke Daryl up. What's that? Probably a Quetzalcoatlus. Wake everyone up fast. They began pushing on everyone and saying run. It definitely seems like there should be some exclamation points in how Daryl said that. Two, just one period and no punctuation on the second sentence. Just probably that dinosaur, wake everyone up fast. Yeah, right. And what's so funny to me about this, okay, is I remember watching the special features of Jurassic Park. Right. I remember there was an interview with someone who was talking about how Steven Spielberg was really good at making these iconic images, right? He was talking about the ripples in the water. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, when the T-Rex is, yeah. Yeah, so you remember, it's iconic. The T-Rex is approaching <laughs> and then there are these like ripples that form in the water because of how hard the T-Rex is pounding the ground with its feet. Right. I remember thinking, I need to create an iconic image. <laughs> so this really is just as, it's so much of a ripoff of Jurassic Park. <laughs> no, it's better. Oh, it's okay. better. <laughs> because it's grass. Yeah, that was my thinking is it was always like, how can I one-up Jurassic Park? And this was how I did it. So anytime you see the grass swooshing down and then back down, I guess, it spends a long time down. Um, <laughs> anytime you see that, you know that there's a Quetzalcoatlus flying, which Quetzalcoatlus is the largest known flying animal ever at like a 40-foot wingspan, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what's so funny about this to me is when they're seeing the ripples of the Tyrannosaurus, you know, in the water, they can't see the Tyrannosaurus. And there's this foreboding sense that the Tyrannosaurus is approaching. Yeah. If the Quetzalcoatlus is flapping its wings and causing the grass to go down and up and down and then down. They can just look you up. You can just <laughs> look up. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious to me that Daryl says, probably a Quetzalcoatlus. Like he just doesn't even want to look up. I'm going to guess at what this is. We should probably wake everyone up. Yeah, because it's not like they're inside or anything. They're just like walking through this grass. 
So they would also be feeling it, feeling the wind on like their heads too, right? <laughs> yeah, presumably. And it would be casting a shadow over them also, presumably. Right? <laughs> Maybe you're trying to make Daryl look kind of like a badass. You know how like badasses in movies, they don't look at explosions and stuff. Uh, they just like walk away from them, right? And right. this is him just walking under a Quetzalcoatlus and just being like, Man. probably is that. <laughs> I could tilt my head slightly up and see, but... But I'm pretty sure I know what this is. <laughs> Wake everyone up fast <laughs> yeah. or slow. I don't care. Yeah, so, so th- yeah, that's my explanation for that. I like that. Should I keep moving on? Yeah. Yeah, I just want to say, I was really into the Quetzalcoatlus. I'm like picking up on that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it is the Tyrannosaurus of my story. Like, the, the T-Rex was, like, the main thing of Jurassic Park. For, for me, it was the Quetzalcoatlus, so. Well, <laughs> what I like about it so far is, like, if a T-Rex is in the area... It's terrifying. Like you, you wanna, you wanna run. You wanna hide. If a Quetzalcoatlus is in the area, it's possible it just flies right over you <laughs> and never even sees you. <laughs> so I mean, I'm not saying that you're completely out of danger, but it does seem less uh, scary for something to just to fly over <laughs> you and keep moving. Well, I think you'll find. In this story, it never just flies over them, and it seems to always be hunting them everywhere. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it shows up, like, on every page. Oh, that's fine. Okay, so, so yeah, the Quetzalcoatlus does attack them. It came down and started flying over to them. Run faster, Sheila cried. It was gaining on them. It got Joel and started pulling him into its mouth. <laughs> Don't let it eat me. He screamed. <laughs> I just love that. It's, it's something to say when something's eating you. Don't let it eat me. They're just like, oh, shoot. We should not let that thing eat him. <laughs> yeah, right. Like you'd think help probably would have been more efficient. Right. <laughs> you know? They don't know what he doesn't want them to let it do until the last two words of that sentence. Right. So. Yeah. If you just if you just say help, they also might not know uh, what you want help with. What if one of your shoes is untied and you're getting eaten by a dinosaur? Like, which one right. do you want help with? Like, do you want me to tie right. your shoe or <laughs> do you want me to save That's you? That's true. Or or maybe they'll mistake it for the Quetzalcoatlus's voice and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll help you and push him in quicker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that seems reasonable. <laughs> so Joel is getting pulled into its mouth. What can you picture that? What does that mean to be pulled into its mouth? I'm imagining the dinosaur's tongue like wrapped around him and it's pulling yeah. him into his mouth. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. But I, I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't checked the fossil record, but I don't think it had that special ability. <laughs> let me just go check the fossil record real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, let me just do a quick Google for fossil record. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's not in there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. There are no fossils of this dinosaur's tongue. <laughs> Yeah, so Joel says, don't let it eat me. And then Daryl pulled as hard as he could until he figured out if he held on any longer, he would get eaten too. Mm. So he started running into a cave. <laughs> he had that feeling when you think something really bad could happen. Uh-oh. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, to me, it seems like something really bad is already happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Also, this just feels like, and I haven't read any further than this, but this just feels like one of those scenes in a cartoon where somebody runs into a cave and it's another bigger dinosaur's mouth, but I could be wrong about that. <laughs> I mean, there is a little bit of uh, trickery with this cave, as you'll see, but it has, yeah, it's not a, a mouth of a dinosaur. That would have been pretty good. So Daryl runs into the cave. He feels like something bad is going to happen. And then he felt like the ceiling could fall down on him any second. He looked up 
and noticed why he was feeling that way. It wasn't a cave. It was a pile of rocks formed into a tunnel. Hmm. Yeah. In some sense, you could say that's a cave. (laughs) I mean, really, what is a cave? (laughs) If not a pile of rocks formed into a tunnel. Um, Right. hmm. (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah, I'm picturing a cave has to be like into a mountainside, I guess, which... I, I mean, I wonder if this is just a bunch of boulders stacked on top of each other. How how did this structure get made? <laughs> what yeah. is this? Seems suspicious. It's probably a trap made by velociraptors. Oh, yeah. It's either that <laughs> or is one of the things they built when they were trying to make the human-infested island. <laughs> right. Humans love piles of rocks formed in a tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, no, that's that can't be right because Daryl would have known about it. Yeah. Whatever. Okay, so it wasn't a cave. It was a pile of rocks formed into a tunnel tunnel and then he started running back when some talons came through the roof he heard a rumbling behind him started running (laughs) dodging the claws coming from the roof of the cave period he finally got out with the surprise of being carried upwards into the sky he started beating against the giant animal but it wouldn't give (laughs) then he got dropped into a 30-foot hole something started chewing on his foot (laughs) oh what a sequence of events (laughs) what is this day daryl is having (laughs) all right first of all i feel like if you're getting carried up by a giant animal by its talons the last thing i would want to do is just start punching its talons (laughs) in hopes that it would drop me yeah that's true yeah if you punch it hard enough it might just be like okay you bested me i'll put you down on the ground fair is fair right right yeah that is how most animals work (laughs) if you beat them fair and square in in a fist fight they will concede (laughs) gentlemen's rules (laughs) little known trick with bears yeah so you're wondering what's happened you don't get this right so he's in this tunnel and i guess a quetzalcoatlus has ripped through the roof to grab him. What is with me and putting feet through roofs? Because the velociraptor's (laughs) claw went in. I wrote a little thing here where I said I was going to channel Samuel L. Jackson and say, I have had it with these motherfucking dinosaur feet and these motherfucking roofs. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I, I'd say that's your, your iconic uh, imagery that, right there. Yeah, maybe that's the iconic image is like, oh no, yeah. there must be a dinosaur on the other side that I can't see. That's what the foot through the roof means. <laughs> oh, there's a giant claw through this roof? It must be a dinosaur. <laughs> Which probably makes sense if you're on an island infested with dinosaurs, so... I also don't really know what it's like to get bitten by a dinosaur, but I feel like I wouldn't describe it as something started chewing on my foot. (laughs) Um, Unless it's not a dinosaur. Well, it is. I mean, it gets revealed later. Should I spoil it? (laughs) No, 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 no. Don't spoil it. Yeah, I mean, I do think it's like totally hilarious that he gets dropped into a 30-foot hole. Oh, let's (laughs) skip all the broken bones, blah, blah, blah. Some little pest is nibbling at my toes. <laughs> like, how is that one sentence? Then he got dropped into a 30-foot hole. Something started chewing on his foot. <laughs> it does seem like young Theo did not understand the dangers of falling. You were much <laughs> yeah. more aware of the dangers of getting attacked by animals, but the dangers of, like, yeah, right. I don't know, hitting trees and rocks at 100 miles per hour yep. or <laughs> falling down a 30-foot hole. Yeah. <laughs> Just perfectly fine. This is like video game logic. You can you can fall pretty far, but if, if you come in contact with an animal, you're screwed. And it's also funny just how immediate it is. Yeah. He falls in the hole and then something's chewing on his foot already. It's not like, you know, I feel like if I were writing this now, I would say Dario was dazed for a few moments. Once he came out of his stupor, then he noticed something was chewing on his foot. But it's just, you fall, you land, it's chewing. Yeah. I also like the fact 
that the dinosaur didn't get scared at all by something falling 30 feet into the hole it was living in. Like it didn't it didn't <laughs> run away at first and then go explore and see, hey, what was the thing that just fell on? It was just thing falls in, start chewing. <laughs> I'll worry about what this is later. <laughs> this creature is like digested so many like rocks and sticks and random things that have just fallen into the hole because <laughs> it just immediately starts eating it. Is there anything else to say about that? Mm, I got yeah, I mean, definitely the sentence, dodging the claws coming from the roof of the cave. That's pretty funny. <laughs> That's just a good <laughs> sentence. That's a yeah. good, complete sentence. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah so that's what we wanted to cover today on the podcast you got a little more info about what reginald is doing you found out about samantha but don't worry we're not going to talk about her again and then <laughs> um then you got a little update on sheila and daryl pretty good updates a lot of action pretty good updates. going on a lot of action lots of quetzalcoatlus action so uh joseph i just refreshed my email and it looks like we got an email from season one Oh, as a rebuttal to our criticisms from earlier in the episode. Wow, that was fast. <laughs> yeah, season one <laughs> didn't even listen to the episode yet, and they already knew. Yeah. Uh, do, you want, do you want to hear what the criticisms are? <laughs> Let's hear it. All right, so these are coming from season one. Season one says, okay, season two is totally derivative of me. Mm. Me being season one, yeah. That's Joseph fair. and Theo are almost exactly the same as Joseph and Theo from season one, and the premise is pretty much identical to. Mm. I mean, I don't know. It's just the second season of the same podcast. I don't know if I really think that's good criticism, right? <laughs> yeah, there's obviously going to be some crossover between season one and season two. I don't think it's that bad to say season two is derivative. Yeah, I mean, I'd say we're progressing. We're clearly moving in the right direction. Here's more criticism. Uh, season one says that we're posers and we've lost touch with our roots and we barely mention three cowboys ever anymore. Now that I can see. That's fair. <laughs> we are posers. <laughs> what does that mean, though? Uh, we're, well, I mean, like, we're kind of posing as season one us, let's be honest. Oh, like. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, and we also pretend that we skateboard, but we don't really. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I do that a lot. I just <laughs> pretend like I'm on a skateboard a lot when I'm walking around. Wait, do you remember that? Do you remember in like middle school, there was a huge thing about posers, people who pretended to skateboard, but they actually didn't. Oh, is that specifically about skateboarders? I don't think it is in general, but I, I remember it, you know, I remember that word poser being said with just total vitriol in the person's voice when it was referring to someone who pretended to skateboard. I definitely remember thinking that being fake was like the ultimate sin. Really? Well, not like the actual ultimate sin. <laughs> I mean, when I was a kid, I just remember thinking like being fake was such a big deal, you know? I was so afraid of being fake. I feel like in middle school, that's when most people were at their most fake. Weren't most of us just acting a way that we thought we were supposed to act? Yeah, that's true. I, I guess I don't really I don't really like the word fake anyway. I mean, it doesn't really make much sense. It's like, is, is I, I guess the exact opposite of being fake would be saying exactly what was on your mind at all times, regardless of the consequences. And that would just be hugely detrimental in your <laughs> professional and personal life. You, you can't just say exactly what's on your mind at all times. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like if somebody says something stupid, you don't just say that. That's stupid. <laughs> like, I mean, there, there's some decorum <laughs> involved with living. But I do have to say that is what I like about Joel, right? He says exactly what's on his mind. Don't let it eat me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I've always liked that about Joel. Yeah. But I also act different in different situations. Like I would act different at work. Gosh, you're so fake at work. 
God, I know. Especially when you traded that plastic bag for a wallet. I was like, come on, Joseph. <laughs> that was so fake of You've me. lost touch with your roots. Yeah, I was a poser. That's a That was a poser move. <laughs> <laughs> I, I traded out for the, the wallet connected with the chain to my Jinko jeans. <laughs> to be popular. <laughs> yeah, that was a real poser move. <laughs> yeah, I had a shirt one time that was a skateboarder shirt, and some guy came up to me, and he was like, I didn't know you skated. And I didn't know I was wearing a skateboarding shirt. I didn't know what DC was. Uh And so I was like, uh, yeah, I do. (laughs) Oh yeah, I do. And they was like, do a kickflip. And then I couldn't (laughs) do it. (laughs) Here's my board. Prove it. I think I got very lucky and something else happened to distract him after that. So he didn't have, he didn't ask me anything about like Tony Hawk or how to do a kickflip or anything. What would you um, ask about Tony Hawk? <laughs> do you know about Tony Hawk? Like, <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> Fill in the blank. Tony blank. Tony Stark. Wrong. <laughs> Tony Hawk. <laughs> a true skater would always say Tony Hawk. A true skater doesn't know any other Tonys. It's like, my dad's name is Tony. Tony the blank? Tony the tiger? No, Tony the Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> the hawk i was just looking up quicksilver because i had a quicksilver shirt and i couldn't remember what it was poser yeah i'm just looking it up now it's either surfing or snowboarding but you didn't do any but i do remember somebody telling me or asking me if i surfed and i said no and they were like okay (laughs) but then i didn't find out (laughs) until later it was because of my shirt or maybe they told me that it was because of my shirt i don't know i didn't feel like a poser though because it was just a shirt i think they should you should have to fill out a questionnaire before you buy one of their shirts don't you think yeah (laughs) yeah the questionnaire is like do you skate yes or no tony blank and um air kickflips fun that's a good one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. A non-skater <laughs> would say, I don't know what a kickflip is to that question. <laughs> <laughs> but a skater would say, kickflips aren't fun, they're work. <laughs> oh, because that's I'm a professional. If, if you're a professional skater, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. They aren't fun, they're hard work. And I worked really hard to get to where I am today. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that our personas on this podcast are our actual personas and in daily life, we're posing. So like when I'm not talking about three cowboys every few minutes in the <laughs> daily life, I'm actually a poser and being fake. I was actually going to say, I feel like I'm real on the podcast, but I'm a poser in real life because I always talk about how much I love skating and Tony Hawk <laughs> and I wear Quicksilver shirts. But when I'm doing the podcast, I, I don't wear those shirts. Audience, that's a guarantee. We know you can't see him, but he does not wear those shirts. I do every episode completely naked. <laughs> that's the only clothing he has. So when he doesn't wear a Quicksilver shirt, it's kind of screwed. I mean, honestly, it, it's pretty it's pretty fake to wear clothes. It's pretty fake to wear clothes. Covering up who you really are. Yeah, that's true, which is a nudist. Okay, well, do you want to hear the last criticism that we got from season one? (laughs) Yes. It just says, you have very few listeners. Oh, okay. (laughs) Which, I mean, that's fair, but like, come on. It's kind of hypocritical, don't you think? I mean, I feel like season one had less. Yeah, (laughs) hopefully. (laughs) Or maybe not. (laughs) I don't know know what our trend is, up or down. (laughs) But yeah. So basically, I think we can disregard all of this. Yeah. Sorry, season one. <laughs> Delete the email. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I'll just put it in my folder of emails to be disregarded. Uh, okay, good. And I'll mark it as red. Okay, we're good. Yeah, don't want to delete them. Just disregard them. <laughs> yeah, or flag it as disregard this. <laughs> that would be sad if you, if you like, sent an email to a coworker and you watched them just slide it into their disregard <laughs> folder. <laughs> they didn't just delete it. They put it in their disregard. Or, like, their 
to laugh at folder because your email was so laughable and terrible. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you meant because my email was so funny, then I'd feel good about it. But Well, yeah, I guess that, that would be a good cover, right? If someone sees you put it in your to laugh at folder, you can just be like, that's where I put all the hilarious emails. I loved your hilarious email. I always try to put something a little bit funny in each of my work emails, you know, just to keep it light. Really? No. <laughs> I record like a little Borat quote and then I oh, that's nice. uh, attach it as an MP3 <laughs> to all of my emails. Just fills up everybody's email inbox. <laughs> to autoplay when you open. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's that. That's that. Season two is better than season one. That's true. Sorry. Face it. Undeniable. Because think about it this time. This, ta- this season, we've got characters like Joel. We got characters like Puker. Ray with no job. Season one can't compare. It's true. But yeah, so that's it for Inside the Mind of a Child Genius, at least this episode. Um, I hope you all uh, loved it. Yeah, hope you loved it. Hope you didn't get eaten by a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, hope you didn't get pulled into a dinosaur's mouth. And I hope if you did, you said, help, please don't let this <laughs> thing eat me, or <laughs> whatever he says. Well, if they <laughs> had said it, we would have heard it and helped them, but no. That's true. Y'all should have said it. <laughs> y'all should have said don't let it eat me. There we go. So everyone, we'd love it if you gave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Give us that five stars and say, awesome, 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 awesome. So awesome. We love this podcast in the review portion That's of good. It. Just write the review for them. That, that, <laughs> <laughs> that's the one barrier keeping people from reviewing us is they don't know what to say. You know, people will write out scripts that you're supposed to read. Like you, you're supposed to call your senator and read out this script. And there are people (laughs) who write them out, you know, so we can do the same thing for reviews. I've heard this exists, but I've never actually read one of them. Have you done this before? I have done it. I can't remember what the senator said to me. I think they said, thank you. This was a good use of my time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they probably said, I will consider this. And I'm glad you called. This is the first time I've heard anyone say this to me. (laughs) You know, the first 900 times weren't really getting through to me. The way you just said it, I don't know. I need to know more about this. You actually like called and just read right off the script word for word. I don't know why that's so funny to me. I would feel really weird doing that. I did do that. Yeah, I guess I'm really lucky they didn't ask any follow-up questions <laughs> because I didn't have anything. I was just like, sorry, I only know the words on this PDF. Is there like more. a flow chart for like what they say, what your response will be? Yeah, and the flow chart is just like, if they ask you another question, restart script. <laughs> just Start say it again. all again. Oh, perhaps you didn't hear me. Let me repeat. And then you- <laughs> We should write these. We'd be good at these. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so go on Smashwords and rate our stories. Rate Three Cowboys, rate Jabba Nuba, rate The Macaroni Touch. Gosh, rate them all. Yeah, also review those. Say awesome, 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 really cool, awesome. And Five stars. We, we love audience engagement, so please engage with us. Send stuff into our email or our Facebook group or our Instagram. Our email is childgeniuspodcast at gmail.com. And I think our Instagram is also Child Genius Podcast. Yeah, at Child Genius Podcast. Nice. So send us your fan art, fan theories, fan songs. Come on, we got to see some fan art of the grass going up and then down and then back down again. You know, I have to admit, I'm pretty pretty disappointed by the amount of fan art we've gotten, which is none. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm about to start drawing my own because... uh, It doesn't have to be good, people. I just want to see what you guys think some of these things look like. (laughs) Should we start offering to pay them? 
Yeah, we'll pay you. How about this? I'll draw a good portion of the picture and then you just have to finish it, audience member. Oh, that's nice. Give him a little jump start. Yeah. So you just color in the pupils and the eyes or something like that. We'll draw it. You color it. Okay. So send in your own stories, please. Send us your scams. Send us your spams, of course. Um, So make sure you tell all your friends and family about this podcast. It would really help us because that would help spread the word about the podcast and more people would listen. Think of it like a a phone tree. You call six people. (laughs) Call everyone in your phone tree, your emergency phone tree for work. (laughs) (laughs) Use it for spreading this podcast. Yeah, that's probably the best way to get the word out, honestly. Yeah, (laughs) the one that your boss said specifically, do not call anyone unless it's it's an emergency (laughs) on this list. Because it is an emergency. Yeah. yeah, this is a fun podcast people need to listen to. It's, <laughs> yeah, they right. need it. People aren't having enough fun. That is a complaint I hear a lot about this day and age. Not enough entertainment out there. Not enough not, fun. Yeah not, <laughs> enough enter- yeah, not enough podcasts is the complaint I've heard in, right. in particular. Um, <laughs> I heard that a lot. Another thing I just thought of uh, a way to get the word out is next time a Quetzalcoatlus is pulling you into its mouth, don't just say, don't let it eat me. You got to say, don't let it eat me. Also, <laughs> listen to Inside the Mind of a Child Genius. Imagine Joe. Joel saying that as he's getting pulled into the <laughs> Quetzalcoatlus' mouth. Don't let it eat me. And also listen to Inside the Mind of a Child Genius <laughs> as he's getting pulled in. At that point, Joel is already in the tunnel. <laughs> he's not even paying attention. You mean um, Daryl? Daryl's in the tunnel. Oh, sorry. Wh- who did I say? You said Joel. Joel's getting oh. eaten. Oh, what a goof. Season one's going to write us another email about that. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to tear us apart about that fuck up. Oh, no. Yeah. See, if it were season one, I would edit that out. But I'm trying to be more real this season. Yeah, we're not posers anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, that's it. I'm Theo. And I'm... Oh, I'm Puker. I'm Puker. You're Puker. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay, so now it's just the outro song. Here we go. And it's playing. Nice. I'm not actually called Puker. People don't call me that. It's just <laughs> if a book were to be written, I would be referred to as Puker. None of the dialogue, no one would call me that. But the narrator would. It's just because you're embarrassed that you threw up, so you want to keep yourself anonymous. So then you, right. you just refer to yourself as puker in the book. I could just ignore the fact that I threw up and not put it in the book. But you got to stay real. You got to stay true to yourself. Yeah, not be not a poser. poser. <laughs> I'm not a poser anymore. When I puke, I puke. <laughs> Don't try to hide it. I puke on whoever's nearest. And that's my name from now on. Um, okay. <laughs> and that's my name from now on. Yeah. All right. All right, cool. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.